You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this Thursday, May 21st. Good morning. Welcome in. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Plenty to do on this uh, Thursday edition. Of course, you know the deal. One hour. We run through it all. You can get involved. The number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You can find me both places, mainly because that's my name. Uh, the daily poll question is up and running for today. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, let's begin, I guess, at the beginning, right, with the headlines of the day and a major focus on the NBA. And look, I don't think that there's ever going to be, maybe there will be, let's hope that there is a day where all of a sudden we take this major step forward. But I think really all you can ask for as we sit here on May 21st is that every day you get a little bit closer to getting back to what life was like before. And from a sports context, you're hoping every day to get stories that make it seem like things will eventually, at some point soon, not like, hey, down the road uh, a year from now, things will get back to normal. So yesterday, good news if you're a big NBA fan. Report from Woj and Zach Lowe that NBA teams are expecting the league office is going to issue some guidelines around June 1st that will allow franchise franchises to start uh, recalling players. And that would be the first step towards ramping up for resuming the season, something that I did not think would end up happening. But it seems like, and look, things can always change. Things can always go wrong. We hope it doesn't, but that could always be a possibility. But at least right now, it seems like each day the NBA is moving closer to resuming their season at some point. Now, how that impacts next season I guess kind of remains to be seen, but at least for right now, for Adam Silver, for the Board of Governors, they are focused on getting a resumption and a completion of this season. According to the report from uh, Woj and Zach Lowe, barring an unforeseen turn of events, men, many NBA owners, executives, and NBA Players Association elders – Sounds like the Knights of the Roundtable. The Elders believe Commissioner Adam Silver will greenlight the return to play in June with games expected to resume sometime before the end of July. Now, there's a report in The Athletic that it looks like that they will be using, or at least things are pointing to, using a bubble city where all the games kind of take place, and that that bubble city would be Disney. The location, uh, quote, Orlando is on track to win its bid so long as the final details regarding testing and hotel use are resolved. The reason why Disney seems like the uh, locale is because, A, they agreed to the safety measures for employees in the last few days, and they have the advantage of being able to restrict access to their own private property. So this is going to be games without fans, and uh, this is going to be one of the major obstacles that they have to find, right? Where are you going to be able to play the games? There are certain cities, even if you were to start with the playoffs, where you would not be able to play games right now. And uh, whether or not you're able to play games in those locales anytime soon remains to be seen. So here's Woj. On with Scott Van Pelt last night talking about there are still some obstacles that some teams face. 
That's the hard part right now for teams like the two New York teams, Boston, Toronto, uh, the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco. Uh, they have, you know, states and municipalities um, that have not opened up yet the way they have in other places. And so one of the questions, you know, that still is being asked, is it possible that some teams, one or two perhaps, might go from, you know, quarantining, reporting back, and then maybe they go to one of the sites. If there's two sites, if there's one site, Disney World, Las Vegas potentially, uh, maybe they go down there sooner if they're in a position where they can't train where they are. But the sense, Scott, I've gotten from teams in all of these markets, they believe by the middle of the month uh, in July that even if they're not open now, they'll be likely in a position to be able to bring players back and coaches into their facilities. You're going to see more and more of the facilities here opening up uh, for these voluntary workouts uh, in the near future. But it is complicated, and a lot of those teams are talking about Brooklyn, Boston, Toronto. These are teams who you know, are in the playoffs and, and some who have aspirations of going deep into the postseason. All right, so there's Woj um, with uh, Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter last night. And one of the things that the NBA does have going for it, it's got a lot of obstacles as he laid out there, but one thing that they have going for them and have had going for them the entire time is the negotiations between their players and owners nowhere near as contentious as they are in Major League Baseball. Here's Woj. I don't think you can get as contentious as baseball is. I think there's a better... There's a better working uh, relationship, especially among Adam Silver and the star players in the league. And you know this, Scott, the star players can drive so much of the conversation and the, and help you know help shape the thinking of their peers around the league. And Adam Silver's relationships with those guys is strong, more so than even some of the individual owners. And that's a big difference between the baseball between baseball and the NBA and the financial structure is already set. They're not arguing right now over what the players are going to be played. The players know they're going to lose money based on how many games are canceled. The big fight in the NBA, Scott, is coming with next season. All right, so there's Woj uh, kind of giving you the details on the NBA th- uh, scene. And he also mentioned, we're not going to play this one, but uh, he said that uh, Adam Silver, when it gets to the playoffs, he does still want to play seven-game series, so you would think, at least I would have thought, that like if you are able to get resumed, maybe one of the ways you kind of cut down on the season and still get a completion and still get a, a representative season and playoffs is maybe you cut the best of sevens down to best of fives, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be a, a major focus. So you get the good news surrounding the NBA, although, you know, the Wall Street Journal brought up an interesting uh, point and an additional obstacle that the NBA has that other te- other leagues would not have, one that I did not think of, and one that I did not um, I've not heard mentioned by anyone else, is that basketball has an additional risk because it's played indoors, and we've already kind of you know people have pointed out that the risks surrounding coronavirus are greater in in indoor spaces, tight indoor spaces with no airflow or with poor ventilation. Never mind the fact in the NBA, everybody's touching the same ball, right? I mean, that I guess that's kind of true of all sports, but it's probably more so uh, true in NBA circles. So I, I've not seen that mentioned anywhere else. I haven't heard anybody ask um, or, or answer that part of it, which is kind of just fundamental to the sport. 
It's not really something that they can alter in any way, but I did think that that was kind of interesting. So, But overall, the, the picture in the NBA seems more positive. You had a story about um, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith saying yesterday that they have run some models that they if they, they plan on having a season in the fall for, for football, and while they won't be able to have you know the normal capacity at their stadium, which would be about a hundred thousand, that they have run models that would l- allow a capacity of of maybe twenty thousand, maybe thirty thousand, all the way up to to fifty thousand if the guidelines are relaxed. So, not that I'm focusing much right now on Ohio State football, but again, every day you're looking for these kernels of good news, and I think you got some yesterday in two different sports, in the NBA and uh, with college football. But then, of course, <laughs> then, of course, you have Major League Baseball, where apparently, what's going on? Well, apparently nothing. Apparently nothing. There's not been any real movement one way or the other. Now, we did play the Michael K. cut yesterday about he had talked to somebody within the game, high up, that this week is going to look really bad and it's going to be about, you know, trying to put it out there. Well, you know, there's not going to be a season, but that by the time next week rolls around, things are going to be worked out. And it should be mentioned, USA Today with the report today that uh, Rob Manfred and the owner's attorneys plan to present a economic plan to the union by tomorrow. And they will outline with greater detail their projected losses in 2020, right? One of the things that the players want is for the owners to show the financial distress. If you want us to to consider any more financial reductions, you're going to have to show that you are actually going to lose money. We're not just going to take your word for it. And according to the report in USA Today, the union is eagerly waiting this proposal so that they can spend, you know, kind of the weekend looking over it and formulating a counter-proposal, which would be something new. Here is Jeff Passett on SportsCenter at noon yesterday, kind of giving the updated percentage of uh, whether or not we're going to have Major League Baseball this summer. Here's Jeff Passett. I just want to, like, strike that balance between no chance and 100%. I'm somewhere in the middle here, and... I'm in the middle because there are pathways, L, to a deal here. I think that the health and safety protocol that Major League Baseball sent over to the union, it was a draft, but it was a really thorough one. And while it hasn't been universally well-received by the players, I think that there is certainly a pathway to that part of the deal being done and being figured out. Okay, there's Jeff Passan. And uh, what's keeping the uh, MLB and players from reaching a deal, Jeff? The money is what's holding everything up right now. And Major League Baseball is saying we are going to be in dire financial straits if we have to pay you your full prorated salaries. And the players are saying in a March agreement that we had with you, it says we will get our full prorated salary. So it's coming down to cash at this point. And the question is, are they going to be able to figure it out? Okay, and then Buster Only was on with Will Kane yesterday, and he said that the players should be looking at the larger picture and not just negotiating for the now, but negotiate for the future as well. Well, here's the reality of where the players sit. Let's say that um, you know they stand on principle and they squeeze the owners in this moment. You know and I know when the leverage pendulum switches back in the fall 
or in the fall of 2021 when the uh, CBA expires, the owners will be coming. <laughs> and in the recent years, we've seen the value of free agency really be diminished for the players. I think if they could uh, negotiate some mechanisms which help the free agents for this fall, and by the way, you know, as teams look to offset financial losses from this year, that obviously is not going to involve the young players who don't get paid that much. It does involve the players who have existing multi-year contracts. Who are the guys who are going to pay for that? It's the free agents. It's the guys who are 30 years old and they hit the open market, and teams are like, nope, sorry, don't have that money. So if the players could parlay their uh, leverage of the moment into helping out those free agents in the fall of 20 and 21, I think that would be really valuable for them. All right, so there's Buster only. Uh, and uh, that kind of ties into our poll question for today. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it is focused on Major League Baseball, right? Because right now, they don't have an agreement. Right now, it seems kind of doubtful. It seems like they have so many obstacles to overcome and not that much time to do so, right? Like, everybody's pretty much been on record that they have to come to some sort of agreement, a hard agreement, by the end of this month. And today, as I mentioned, it's the 21st of May. Doesn't not a whole lot of time, and yet they kind of seem like they're right now nowhere close to a deal. Now that doesn't mean that by next week they can't strike something, but at least as we stand right now here on Thursday, May twenty first, doesn't look all that uh, feasible. So our poll question for today up on Twitter at Gordon Damer: If the season were to get canceled uh, because the owners and players couldn't work out a deal financially, not because of the health stuff or not because of there's been an outbreak or anything like that, just on the financial stuff. Which word would you use to best describe how you feel about it? Three options. A, it would be a disgrace. B, you'd be disappointed. Wouldn't be heartbroken, but you'd be disappointed. Or C, don't care. So disgrace, disappointed, or don't care. Those are your three options. You can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. Coming up. I'll give you my opinion. We'll take your phone calls at 1-800-919-ESPN. But, you know, we've been focusing so much time, right? We had a, we had our question. Other people have, have raised the question about now that the last dance is over, what documentary would you like to see next? Well, ESPN is going to air a documentary on Sunday, two parts, two hours each, about Lance Armstrong. And I've got some opinions on that. So we'll do that coming up next. We uh, kind of gave you the headlines of the day. NBA inching closer, at least the expectation is, by the uh, end of next month that Adam Silver will announce a plan to get things back up and running. And games would be taking place in the month of July. And at least so far, looks like Disney could be uh, one of the locales, if not the locale, to uh, host those kind of games. We gave you the story on baseball, which uh, nothing really has much has changed. The expectation, according to USA Today, is that the owners will present another proposal to the players tomorrow and maybe give some more, not that it would be a different proposal, but maybe more details about the current proposal. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is if it does not work out, they can't work out a deal financially, how would you best describe how you feel about it? And we gave you three answers, all uh, starting with the letter D, either A, disgrace, B, disappointed, or C, don't care. Uh, to me, it's clear. I think I've been on record <laughs> pretty much all week as saying it would be an outright disgrace. You know, for all the things that are going on in the world right now, for all the things that uh, everybody's dealing with financially, healthcare wise, 
for them not to come out with a deal would be an outright disgrace. Here is this perfect opportunity for them not – I mean, you would be not just doing something good for the country. You'd be doing something good for yourselves. It would be in your own best interests. And for the players and the owners who have so much to lose by not playing, you would think that – and I'm, I'm still hopeful that they will come to some sort of an agreement – but you would think that uh, maybe this is just all the, the, the negotiating ploys and everything else of, of, of uh, the, the dance that you go through in any negotiation. But uh, as the days go by, it becomes uh, – at least I become less and less hopeful that uh, there's going to be a season. I, look, I don't know if MLB will work it out. I'm hopeful. But in terms of the, the PR battle, if, if, if there was a mercy rule in the PR battle, it's pretty clear – Right now, the players are getting housed, housed. The owners, first off, floated a proposal to split things 50-50. Given the time that we're living in, the situation the league finds itself, the way the world finds itself, it's kind of hard to make a uh, a real stand against something that is 50-50. Right? We all have to come together. Well, how about a 50-50? No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) then you have the players at least so far publicly again i'm on the outside looking in what have the players presented nothing 50 50 to them is a non-starter okay what do you guys propose oh well we propose you pay us every dollar we're owed (laughs) and if you don't like that too bad we're not playing then you have blake snell Coming out and, and, and talking, you know, he, he's not exactly or should not be a spokesman for Major League Baseball given his uh, Twitch performance, bro. Scott Boris, who is very, very smart, but doesn't really come off as the most sympathetic character in the world. So in terms of the PR, and then you have this email where, it, at least so far from from an outsider, it seems pretty clear that when they made that deal back in March – that the owners told the players, look, yes, this works, but if it turns out that we can't play in front of fans, we're going to have to work out something on that side of things too. Now, I don't know if it's a smoking gun per se, but it's certainly something else in the owner's favor in terms of the PR battle. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And I'm not saying that uh, that there's any bad guys here. Everybody's looking out for themselves and all, but uh, I do think that they have to put a little bit of that aside and come to an agreement, not just for the betterment of the country or for fans or anything like that, for themselves, especially for the players. You know, this will crush the owners and it will crush the game if they don't have a season, but for the players, it's not like they're coming off scot-free. This is their chance to make money, right? Like the window is very, very small. And if they are willing to play, and nobody's saying that they should be forced to play, But if they are willing to play, they should figure out a way to play because there are a lot of them that will never make this money again or anything close to it. All right, so that's uh, on the table if you want to get in on that, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. But the one thing I did want to touch on, I guess I don't know if other people are going to touch on it today. Maybe it's not a hot topic. But we've been having this conversation about what the next documentary was, or the, the one that you would want next, right? But you can't just wave a magic wand and produce it. So one that was in the works and I guess has been sped up because of the, the the time that we find ourselves in and the success of The Last Dance 
is ESPN is going to air a uh, two-part documentary about Lance Armstrong. Two hours each. First hour, or the first uh, part, will focus on the, I guess, the highs of his career, his upbringing in Texas, overcoming cancer, all the Tour de France wins. And then the second hour will focus on the negative, which, uh, how, you know, how he cheated, lied, destroyed people's lives, all, all that part, uh, which would seem like, considering all the things that he... It doesn't really feel like that should be a 50-50 balance. It feels like there was a lot more of the negative side than the positive side. But, you know, I digress. I will say, you know, they sent out a, an email, you know, if you have any interest in watching this ahead of time, let us know. And I have to be honest, it doesn't appeal to me. Mainly because Lance Armstrong, this might be hard to say, is despicable. What he has done is despicable. And let me make clear, I don't care that he cheated in some bike race. <laughs> I, I didn't care at the time. I don't care now. The doping is not what makes him despicable. The fact that he was a liar and a cheat who also bullied anyone who tried to tell the truth about him, he used his position at the pinnacle of the sport, not just to deny accusations, but to bury people, to destroy people's lives. So I'm not sure if the documentary is going to try to redeem him in some way. I don't really think that it, that, 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 that that's possible and that he deserves. I don't think he deserves to be redeemed. I, to me, he has never shown an, a uh, significant amount of contrition for what he did. So it's not just that he ran what many call the most detailed doping program in the history of sports. It's not just that if you were on his team, and it was his team, it wasn't the team, it was his team, that you were encouraged to do what he was doing. You were forced to do what he was doing. Otherwise, you would be replaced it's not just that he held himself up as this kind of like pure champion, this white knight for the sport. A sport, again, let me be clear, I could not possibly care less about. It's not just that he was cheating the whole time. It was that he was a hypocrite the whole time. He called himself a miracle at one point. Himself. Not his recovery. Him. And that's not the worst part. The worst part is not even that he tried to bribe organizations that whose job it was to keep the sport clean. That's not even the worst part. The worst part was he was like this Kaiser Soze of ruining people who were against him or accused him of cheating. You know, the thing he was actually doing. Like Kaiser Soze, the thing about Kaiser Soze and the usual suspects was he didn't just go after you. He went after your family. He went after friends. That was uh, Lance Armstrong. He not only would sue people who accused him, he would ban anyone associated with the person who accused him. He would do everything in his power to discredit that person. One of the first guys to accuse him was someone on his team, and he was under oath. He was in, I can't remember the situation, but he was under oath. Um, and they asked him about Lance Armstrong and using blood doping or, you know, 
whatever it's called, PPO or whatever. And the guy told the truth. And Lance not only attacked the guy, not only tried to blackball the guy from cycling, he attacked his wife. He called his wife crazy and a liar. Now, he has apparently, you know, contacted those people since and apologized to them. But the dude is a professional liar. And you'd have to also say, as an outsider, someone who is obsessed with fame. So the reports are he's not happy with how he's portrayed in the documentary. <laughs> Look, it's a documentary about your life, dude. You are a known liar and cheat. I, I don't know. <laughs> I would think you're probably not going to be happy with the way you're depicted. So people are asking, you know, if he, if he didn't have total control over the documentary, which he doesn't, uh, why would he do it? Well, because he's addicted to fame. He's desperate for attention. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's part of the reason why um, he would do it. So uh, if I was doing a Netflix and chill review, and I, I will do one tomorrow. Uh, we usually do those on the Saturday show, but I've actually been watching a new show that is actually uh, pretty good. I've actually found something for a change that's actually pretty good. So we'll do uh, the reviews tomorrow. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. I cannot see the call screen right now, but I am sensing somewhere in the universe. Omar in Brooklyn is on the line. Omar, my friend, are you there? How are you? Good hey, my buddy Omar. What's going yeah, on, my friend? Listen, I wanted to ask you this. Uh -huh. uh, the other day when the, I, I, it got hang up, what did you see? about the trade and about uh, the pick. Uh, uh, first, uh, that I wanted to ask you about the NBA, that what do you think if that uh, uh, Booker trade is about to happen? That, that includes Julius Randle, Franklin, Latina, and whatever the pick before they draft the lottery in order. That's what it is. The Dick's pick, whatever it is, it can be a lottery pick, it can be a first pick, it can be a third pick, it can be a fifth pick. But it has to happen before... Uh, the drawing board happens before the balls go into that uh, hole and uh, whatever the lottery pick is. So that is what the trade proposal is. Secondly, what do you think about the three uh, games, the sports coming back? Which one is coming first back? And what's the number and odds to bet? I don't bet, but I just want to know what are the odds, which one is coming back first. And uh, let me tell you about this. I just have a feeling that one of the New York teams are going to have a glamorous season. And I'm not talking about Jersey team. I'm talking about a real football New York team that's called Buffalo Bills. It's going to come back and light it out for New Yorkers. And everybody will turn out. Omar, nobody in New the, the state of New York cares about the Buffalo Bills. People upstate, that's not New York. I'm sorry. That's not New York. If we were creating the United States right now, no one – look, they created the United States a long time ago, and they did a bad job of it. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Buffalo, Syracuse should not be in the same state what as Manhattan. New Jersey? New Jersey huh? should not be you could drive to, to Baltimore the, there New and Jersey back quicker than you can drive to Buffalo. Yeah. New Jersey should be in Philadelphia. New Jersey should be in the same state as, New, as Manhattan. Manhattan should be the capital of New York, and things that are nearby should be – that's the way they should draw it up. We should redraw the United States tomorrow. They did a bad job. I don't know what to tell you. They couldn't have foreseen how things would turn out. Buffalo and Syracuse are not part of New York. That's that's upstate. That's nothing. New York opens up the first for the public. What? 
I think Omar's lost his point. Uh, the Knicks trade, no, I would not do that. Uh, I would wait. Look, the Knicks are, are not, a pl- they are not Devin Booker away from being good. They need, they need as many assets as possible. And look, if you can find, the Knicks are compiling this front office staff, which is going to look like, uh, like the, uh, the, the, the video board that they had at the NFL draft. We had the virtual fans. That's what the Knicks front office is now. There's going to be 60 people on a video board and, uh, you're going to have, uh, Leon Rose is going to have to operate the zoom to make sure everybody's opinions are held, but they're compiling this amazing front office according to all reports. So let's put the value on these people actually be able to find value in the draft. You have all these picks and you know what? If you hit on a couple of them, right? And you want to go out and that point and get yourself a star player. Okay. That's fine. Then you'll have something to operate with. Star players will be available. The prop either through trade or through free agency. The problem is, is that you have to do some of the work first. You can't take a shortcut all the time. You just can't do it. And the Knicks should not be in the business of taking shortcuts. I'm hoping that they're not. I'm hoping that the fact that they're putting all this emphasis on the front office means that they're looking to do the actual hard work over the next year or two and build this thing up the right way rather than taking the shortcut, which they have done time and time again. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls involved. Uh, some other parts about uh, – I saw some interesting stuff about the last dance that I wanted to bring up. This will be the last chance for me to mention the last dance. It's already – you know, it's already, it's been a week now. I, I'm kind of Jordaned out. And if I need one more story about how LeBron has to get his name out – oh, LeBron! Don't forget about me. Don't worry. We won't forget about you. Just because we're talking. We love you too. Don't worry. You don't have to get your name. You know, I think I would have been a good teammate for Michael. Yeah, of course. Everybody would be a good teammate with Michael Jordan. Everybody's value is good with my. Oh, you would be able to get. A- oh, wow. Fantastic. Good to know. Join me and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough! He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No! No! All right, so uh, on this date, 1980, so 40 years ago, <laughs> instead of moment of inspiration, this should be called the moment of uh, depression. Everything happened so long. 1980, Empire Strikes Back. Maybe we should have thrown in a little spoiler alert there. In case you didn't hear by now, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Uh, there you go. Moment of inspiration for this uh, Thursday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And I think you'd have to say, even though all the, the different uh, Star Wars movies, there's, what, nine of them now? 
that that one's the best one, right? Like out of the nine, that one's the best one. And which, which is really weird about it is that was the one of the, the first three that George Lucas did not direct. So George Lucas, right? Obviously a whole focus, uh, you know, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, but that one he didn't direct. And that's the best of the bunch. Interesting. It's the Gordon Dammer show. Our poll question up for today on Twitter at Gordon Dammer about uh, the baseball season. If it does get called off, what word would you use to describe it? Disgrace, disappointed, or don't care? I did want to touch on one other thing before we go back to the calls at 1-800-919-ESPN. Is, uh, there was an article in the, uh, on the ringer.com about the, the Bulls and after the last dance. And I thought it was, uh, it brought up some really interesting points that I had not uh, heard or, or read before. And one of them kind of ties into, and I don't think that many people anymore believe about the conspiracy theory about that uh, Jordan's retirement was actually a suspension. I think that most people know that. It, it, and I thought that that was one of the best things that they did in the documentary was kind of detailing all the things that went into his decision. So the ringer has this article about, you know, what happened after, uh, you know, they, they got broken up in the, the following years and it was, you know, fell on hard times and everything else. This is from the article, quote, it's impossible to overstate the Bulls' importance to the league's ecosystem throughout the 90s. To this day, the four highest rated finals on TV all involve the 90s Bulls. And the 97-98 Bulls merchandise accounted for an estimated 50% of the entire league's sales. So 50% of the league's sales were for the Jordan Bulls. So just take – again, not that many people still believe the, the, the conspiracy theory, but think about what that would – you would have to believe, two separate things. You'd have to believe that the league would operate behind the scenes to remove maybe the most profitable – I would think the most profitable player they've ever had in league history, certainly at the time. They would have to do so secretly and even 20 years after the fact, not allow that fact to get out. But the same league would not interfere to keep that player in the league, right? Like, if you believe that the league forced him to the sidelines, wouldn't that same league, considering that 50% of the entire league sales were based on this guy and this team, wouldn't they have went to Jerry Reinsdorf and said, are you out of your ever-loving mind? This guy is the league. We're making bank on this guy. So I don't care what you have to do. Keep him happy and keep him playing. But they didn't do that. And that's the problem with conspiracy theories. They're kind of immune to facts. Because anytime you come up with a fact for someone who believes in a conspiracy theory, the response is always, well, that's what they want you to believe. <laughs> you can't win. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Eddie is in New Windsor. Eddie, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing? Good morning, Gordon. Thank you very much. You are the best. Thanks, man. I agree. Um, about MLB baseball. Yes. If there's no baseball, I will be disgusted, disappointed, and it, it, it's insane. Because baseball is an American sport. Now, remember the lockout? Uh, the lockout? Bring out the rookies. You got a bunch of hungry kids that are dying to play ball. Forget these guys. They've made throughout the years. Now that. You know, now it's about, it's a money thing. What about us, the fans? 
Well, I mean, look, they tried that in 94 with the replacement players, and they lost in court, so I don't think they're going to go down that road again. And, uh, look, I'm still optimistic that they will eventually get a deal done just because it's in everybody's best interest, right? So it's all well and good to say this thing or that thing right now, and I'm sure that the players are trying to uh, get the best deal possible, and I'm sure that there are some guys who do want to play right now and are not really caring about what the, the financial ramifications are down the road. But, um, you know, it just seems kind of unlikely right now because of the they have so much to do and such a little time to do it. So let's not hammer them too much until it's a done deal. But in terms of the PR battle, boy, they could the, – the, Tony Clark has not um, – and his crew have not uh, handled that all that well. And look, they might not care about winning the PR battle, right? Maybe they're just worried about winning the financial battle. That That's all they care about. Because there's been plenty of times where the, the, the Players Association doesn't win the PR battle and doesn't seem to affect them anything all that much. But if they do, uh, if they do end up not being able to work out a deal this year, I mean, I think that that will, I've said this for a while now, I think that that will make 94 look like nothing. Well, maybe not nothing, but it, it will pale in comparison. Canceling this year, given everything that's going on, I, I don't know how baseball ever recovers from that. And and look, that's that's kind of more on the the owners than it is the players. Now look, it will crush the players because a lot of them will never be able to make this money again. And if you cancel the season, and the owners would have to blame the players for it, right? It's not like that when that's over. I think Buster kind of brought up this point in the cut we played in the opening segment. It's not like the owners are going to say, "Well, you know what? We uh, we weren't able to have. All right, let's uh, the the battle between the two sides." That's not going to go away, and if anything, it's only going to be strengthened if you cancel the season this year. So I have to think that they will eventually come to an agreement. It just kind of seems, as the days go by, until you have some sort of positive momentum, it seems like uh, time is slipping away from them. And lots of stuff we've been discussing this morning. We've been discussing, of course, the NBA's uh, latest uh, bit of news coming from Woj and Zach Lowe, where it looks like... Taking another, maybe small step, but another step forward. It's definitely a step forward. How big of a step it is, is uh, to be determined. But NBA teams expecting the league office are going to issue guidelines sometime around the first of next month that will allow franchises to start recalling players, starting to ramp up to get the season resumed. And uh, I've been very pessimistic that the NBA would be able to do so, not just because, uh, you know, nothing against the, the league itself, but just kind of the timing of everything and, and how the, the pandemic kind of started in the middle of their season or near the end of their season. I just thought it was going to be very, very difficult to kind of overcome the timing of such things. But uh, according to the report, it looks like the expectations are that uh, the, the league – Adam Silver will greenlight the return to play in June, and the games are expected to resume sometime in July. So certainly good news there at getting a resumption of the season, which, uh, again, I did not uh, kind of expect. And it also looks like that they will be operating with either A1 or multiple bubble cities. There's been talk about Disney. There's been talk about Las Vegas. And a report in The Athletic is that uh, Orlando is uh, – kind of got the inside track right now because unlike other places they have the advantage of being able to restrict access uh, on private property so these are going to be games without fans and it's funny you know they keep running models 
all these different leagues, college football, the NBA, baseball, about models about how many fans can attend a game. And I saw one about the hockey where part, I think it was Mike Vaccaro's article, maybe it was someplace else, I'm not sure. But that if they were able to resume the NHL, their models show that they, are, they would only be allowed to uh, uh, allow in 200 to 250 people. Would uh, Removing the, the, the virus aspect of it, would you want to attend a game where there's only 200 people in the stands? Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of being in a live – like the part of being in a live sporting event is the, the energy of the crowd. <laughs> it's going to be – there's going to be like 200 people in the building. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of being part of the crowd? I don't know. But that was a piece of good news. No question about it that the NBA looks like uh, that they are moving closer and actually have a plan and are actually everybody within the league operating on the same page, all trying to move in the same direction, unlike what it seems like is in Major League Baseball. Which, uh, what's the latest there? Apparently nothing. Apparently not a whole lot. It looks like nothing really is going on. Now, USA Today reports that Rob Manfred and the uh, the MLB attorneys are going to present uh, their economic plan to the union tomorrow. And they'll be outlining in greater detail what their projected losses are going to be in 2020. Uh, and maybe that might be something that the union will take in and use to kind of send a, a counter proposal. And that would be, at this point, just getting the Players Association to formulate a counter proposal would have to be considered good news. Because right now that has not happened. And as I said, in terms of the PR battle, this one is a blowout in favor of the owners. I, I can't see, like, I get that you feel like, you know what, the players are the little guy and I'm on the side of the little guy. I get that. But just going by what has happened so far in the battle, in the baseball uh, financial dispute, you have the owners for, floating the, uh, the, the, the split of 50-50, right? And given everything that's going on right now, it's kind of hard to be against 50-50. 50-50 sounds pretty good. I think most people would be in favor of 50-50. Most people are not the Major League Baseball players. And the problem for the players is, is not only that they're against 50-50, it's that they haven't presented anything of their own outside of, well, we have contracts and we're going to stick to that. Well, if you want to stick to that, there there's not going to be a season. So if you're, if your position is pay us every dollar we are owed, no matter what the, the financial implications are, I think it's pretty clear unless the players move off of where they are, I'm not saying move off of where they are completely, but move off where they are somewhat. There's not going to be a season. So then you have that part of it. Yeah, then you have uh, when Blake Snell came out and, and gave you his uh, take on the situation. There's a reason why I don't think that he's a, um, a spokesman for Major League Baseball, that did not win over any, any hearts and minds. Even the people who are in position to win over hearts and minds, like Scott Boris, who was a very smart guy, but not very sympathetic. So, so far, in terms of the PR battle, I think the owners have done an excellent job of controlling the narrative, something that uh, the baseball players, they they got to come up with something here. So I know that tomorrow is when the owners are going to present 
you know, kind of more information, and that's something that the players' side has seemed to want, more information on why they're having all the, you know, if you want us to give you more money back, you have to either open up the books or at least detail why you're going to suffer such steep financial losses. And then never mind the fact that now the other, the latest detail, which came out yesterday in the Post article by uh, Joel Sherman, it's pretty clear that back in March when they did come to an agreement on the prorated salaries, that the, the players knew even back then, the owners presented, look, if we are not able to play in stadiums with fans, if we're going to have to play in empty stadiums, that is also going to impact the financial uh, bottom line. And we're going to have to have a further revision of this down the road. So, so far, I have not seen anything the players' union has presented that would make me sympathetic to their cause, anything more so than just being sympathetic to their cause going into this latest uh, round of labor strife. Uh, and then, of course, you have the poll question for today, which I guess is a little bit negative on this Thursday. We'll try to maybe come up with something more positive for tomorrow. But if the baseball season is canceled over the financials, uh, what word would best describe how you feel about it? Disgrace, disappointed, or don't care? At least so far, just about 50% of people say disgrace. And I, I have to agree with them. I'd have to agree with them completely. That would be a disgrace, given everything that we're going through right now. And not just baseball has to do this for the betterment of the country or for the, the fan. No, for themselves, for their own sport. It would be in best their best interest to make sure they have some sort of season this year. That's not really a hot take. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're already out of time. We will see you tomorrow. We will have Friday reviews, new TV show. So if you're looking something for the weekend, we'll have that. Another poll question. Lots of stuff tomorrow, but we'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.